Welcome, bienvenue to this Fantasy Tools podcast. This is a show where Fantasy Tools discuss Fantasy Tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss Fantasy Baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. separate the wheat from the chaff (laughs) and we have done so this is these were all the guys that we did they were a little bit more fun a little bit fun who are not gonna be might be someone who's fantasy relevant this year but less likely we're gonna go through joe jimenez ian kennedy trevor gott taylor williams jeremy jeffers wade davis Sergio Romo, Daniel Hudson, Jonathan Hernandez, and Anthony Bass. I hesitate to say something like, don't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but this is this is one of those where it might be most relevant to you if your spot on the draft is coming up and it's the end of the draft and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's the... In the field, I am at the absence of field. Sometimes you have to know not only who the closers are, but who the closers that you want are not. So maybe listen to this <laughs> for that. I will say that I will say that one guy. My prediction is that one guy in this list is going to be very fantasy relevant. Pro- yes, I cannot. I, agree. I cannot possibly tell you who, but somebody that we talked about here is going to be very fantasy relevant this year. As of right now, we do not know who that person will be, but there will likely be one of these guys who will end up in the top 12. I, yes, I, I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. So, okay, worth it. Glad we, glad we spent an hour talking about these guys collectively. <laughs> absolutely. Joe Jimenez. Joe Jimenez, yeah. The ostensible closer for the uh, Detroit Tigers. Observation number one, which is why I've liked him for a while. Dude looks like he looks like a turn of the millennium closer who may or may not have found some enhancement. He's a he's he's not he, a small guy. He believes that only your arm has to be in shape. Oh yeah. No, I love that. Well that's how you get that much weight behind the ball. Six three 272 is his listed size. That is a big boy. He's not he's not small by any stretch of the imagination. That's a big boy. All right. Yeah. But he only recorded 9 saves in 2019 in 59.2 innings and that's because he had a late surge after they traded who? Who they trade? Shane Green. Yeah, Shane Green after Shane Green disappeared on them. They got uh they tapped Joe Jimenez and uh he looks like he's going to be the guy this year. Look at this, 12.3K per nine. He di- I mean, he, he strikes out some, some bros. He, and if you're, when I watched him, he strikes out guys on a variety of pitches. Like mm-hmm. he, struck out, he's, he strikes out guys by blowing it past them every once in a while. 95, 96 fastball, four-seamer. Strikes out guys with crazy movement on that slider. 
like great rise, great sink. And then he has, I think he's got a, a curve as well. Uh, he's got a, he's got a change up. That's got a little motion on it. And right. so he throws, he throws a four seamer, a change up and a slider. And I watched guys strike out on all three pitches. I also yeah. watched Yoan Moncada Homer on a changeup, which was kind of like, ooh, I think he got that one. <laughs> he knew he knew what was coming. <laughs> well, I like I sort of like pitchers like this who are um, who have a year where they're every where the, every pitch is everything. I mean, they are like you know, miss, 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 gone, <laughs> miss, 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 gone. Well, that's like you the know, ultimate. I kind of right? like that because it's like. Because it, it, it's a precision versus error thing, you know. The precision is getting tighter. Uh, the precision yeah. versus accuracy thing. Yeah. Uh, precision is getting tighter, and if you just move out those clear, <laughs> clear places where you missed, I mean, I think you have a higher percentage than just like kind of always sort of doing okay on your pitches. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that one. I I hope that he gets used. I hope that he really retains the full-time closer job because then he's going to be a fun guy to watch. He's going to be yeah. a fun closer. He also, I mean, he was a closer in the minors. So I think that it might have been more of a shock to be always one step away from being the guy in in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And Shane kind of stayed a little bit longer than everybody thought. Well, that that is clearly true. I didn't realize that he's only 25. He's pretty young. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Um, there started to be some buzz about him. Yep. Um, yeah. four years ago, yeah, he was he was pretty young, still is. Well, because it looked like he was going to be, you know, a re- real fireballer, but he's really invented him, reinvented himself as kind of a a multi pitch guy. From following him, following him over the last few years, I think that it was a little bit of like they're like, hey, let's try to figure out how to get you into the rotation. He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's try to stretch you out. So, you... no, no. I mean, he, does, he does not. He does not have like the sustainable pitcher body type. <laughs> oh no, no, no. We're gonna get. We're gonna get five fun years out of him, and then, and we don't know if one of those years are, already came. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a good point. No, I I think he's he's fun to watch. He pitched. I watched him pitch both out of out of the windup and the stretch, and it was pretty good. Yeah, looks, I mean, I think he looks good. I think he looks like he knows what he's doing. There's a, clearly a lot of weight moving around in his motion. <laughs> just, I, but that's the thing. It's like these pitchers, these power pitchers. You know, they're just getting so much weight behind the ball. They're not worried about. It's nothing about deception. It's not really. It's not really worrying about release point. It is. I've got this ball in my hand. I got 270 pounds of me. I'm loading myself back like a spring. I'm going to launch this ball forward. And there's like some, a little bit of intimidation because big guy. Ball's moving hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I'm I'm in. I know I know you're in. I'm in. But, but I, think, I think he's going to be a fun guy to keep an eye on this year. He's gonna, I think he's going to be. I think that, unfortunately, he is properly valued. Like yeah. no matter what, that people are projecting his ERA to be higher than I think it's going to end up being. But sure. he's going in drafts exactly where he should be going. For I mean, he's going higher than you would kind of want um, for um, someone as unproven as him. But I think that that's the right spot for him. Agreed. Ian Kennedy. Oh, oh Ian Kennedy. Uh, 
I, I don't know what to say about Ian Kennedy. He's, um, I wasn't excited about him at all. And then suddenly I looked at him and uh, he throws a knuckle curve. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that was like, uh, wait a second. Where'd that come from? <laughs> that's, well, this is one of the things that I like about the starting pitchers going to relief pitching uh. roles. You have these pitches that shouldn't be used by a closer every once in a while getting thrown. Yeah. Yeah. So Ian Kennedy, right, to just lay lay it out there. In, 20, in 2014, he threw 200 innings. No, in 2016, he threw 195 innings. Last year, threw 63, gets 30 saves. First time he's ever recorded a save in the MLB. Uh, just three wins, two losses. 10.37 Ks per nine, which is... A jump of basically two K per nine on his on his uh, previous record, three point four nine four one excuse me in ERA and a one point two eight WHIP. Um, that's pretty good. He only issues two two and a half walks per nine innings. Wow, that's what's that's sort of interesting. His WHIP is probably the most unchanged of his stats. That's right, but but everything else everything else has changed. <laughs> he bumped his he bumped his K's up and dropped his dropped his walks exactly like you would hope that a closer like somebody going from a heavy workload to a closer role would. Yeah, so more hits then if he if he drops his walk rate, but his WHIP stays the same. So more hits but i guess that makes a little bit of sense he's not blowing it past very many people if you look at what's what's happening there's you know pop outs there's fly outs there are ground balls (laughs) like if you look at just the if you just look at the stat cast as i want to do and you see his outcomes it's mostly like ground out fly out line out like he's he's definitely pitching to contact (laughs) yeah and that defense behind him is well, it could be better. Yeah, but he's mostly getting it done. He's getting it done. No, and it, so what do we think? Can he get it done? Next he's got year? a profile that looks like this year. he should be able to get it done, right? He's a 35-year-old. He's out there. He's throwing mostly fastballs except he mixes in some random junk. <laughs> he mixes in he mixes in a cut fastball and the knuckle curve. You do have to wonder, I mean, that it is a change in mindset, but it's no different than it's a change in mindset of coming out at the end of the game instead of starting a game. But you still have that first inning that most starting pitchers are going to say they are pitching to a perfect yeah, game every time they right. step on the mound. They're saying to themselves, this is going to yeah. be the perfect game. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm in. You know, so it's not that different. And now all of a sudden you're able to put in 100% in that you know, 30 pitches that you're going to have instead of... 30 um, pitches. I'm 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 thinking about Craig Kimbrell here. He threw, an, uh, <laughs> he threw an average of 17 pitches per outing. Well, that's pretty efficient. No, it is. That is that is pretty efficient. Yeah, I think that Ian Kennedy is. Even though we've only seen it for one year, I think that you can write him down for 25 to 30 saves and probably an ERA that looks like 3.9. Yeah. And apparently you can write him down for a 1.28 whip. Apparently. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. His ERA was 3.41 last year. The projections say that he's going to be a 4.18 this year. I split the difference. Yeah, that's kind of a... Yeah, he's going to be a good guy. Once all once the those top 10 closers are off the board, 
I think that he's going to be a smart pick. You just have to make sure not reach. That's right. For him. That's the key. Don't reach. Don't reach for Ian Kennedy because don't be fooled by the the great saves numbers. That save number could be anywhere between twenty and thirty five. Gotta 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 have Trevor Gott on your opposing team. <laughs> this so you might win it in the ninth. This was a horrible week to review Trevor Gott. <laughs> this was the perfect week. Also the perfect week to uh, review Trevor Gott. Uh, yeah. Um, there, was, there was not a lot to like this week <laughs> from this guy. Uh, again, plays for the San Francisco Giants. He is 27 years old, so maybe somebody that we're going to have to deal with. Current stats, he's pitched seven innings this year. One win, one loss. Four saves. So pretty remarkable. Four saves in seven innings. Um, he's appeared in eight games. He has an abysmal K per nine right now. Um, part of this is is just how his outcomes worked out in the past week. He, he doesn't strike guys out, though. He's not... He's ground ground ball pitcher. Yeah. Very much a ground ball pitcher. Um... I'm worried. <laughs> I don't know if he's able, going to be able to turn it around. He got destroyed by Oakland over the weekend. One inning pitched, nine earned runs. He's not walking guys, at least. No, no, no. Um, not really walking guys, but oh my. Um, that was terrible. But and yeah, last year he actually had good numbers. Like He actually had numbers that make you think, okay, this guy could be a closer. Which presumably is why the Giants were like, all right, we'll make this guy our closer. <laughs> yep. Right, yeah, I don't know. I mean, tough. You kind of got to forgive every... every. There are a lot of players that are struggling, right? So it's not like he's alone by any in any sense of the imagination. I think the bigger question is... The, the questions that I have is, one, can he strike guys out? Because he's not going to remain a closer if he can't strike guys yeah. out. Number two, who's behind him? Well, they'd, they'd been a, they'd him. been a committee for it's been yes for quite a while. I mean, it was it was actually surprising that got went up um, went up repeatedly. I think it's uh, Rogers and Tony Watson, right, right after him. Uh, could could easily be in line. Could easily be in line for this. But yeah, I think I mean your point's right, and that's that's one of the things that I think I think we've made abundantly clear, which is that you. Are not going to be a closer if you're not going to strike guys out because the the profile of a closer still exists. Managers are still looking for it. You have to be, and, and yeah, as as we as we pointed out, you pointed out, we pointed out, it's unless you have an insane amount of luck that you're getting guys out regularly without striking them out, um, inducing pop ups or ground outs. You have to strike guys out. You need to have a caper nine of over nine, preferably over twelve. <laughs> well, I mean, because because it's that you you're only going to pitch one inning, so you got to get yourself out of jams, and strikeouts are the way to get yourself out of a jam. Yeah, you come out with uh, one out in the ninth, two men on, and a two run lead. You're going to have to strike someone out to ensure have. Runners. Yeah. Oof. Wow. Um, any thoughts on his God's pitching? Um, like actually, looking at him pitch <laughs> on his on his actual pitching. Uh, he's got. I mean, he's got the speed that you want to see. Like he's 
he's got the he's got that closer velocity in on his fastballs, and I I like that. Um, yeah, he's got a four seamer that sits at ninety five. Yep, 95, 95 and like is pretty pretty consistent in there. Um, and then he's got just a just a curve. He's a two pitch. He's a two pitch guy. So he's he's one of those like classic um, closers, fastballer closers that we talked about. And sixty five, oh, sixty six, thirty four split in using those two pitches. Yeah, I guess he had a sinker last year that was he was already falling out of for. Yeah, it's, it's over it now. Used to be his pitch. Twenty seventeen, he was a sinker baller. Well, he's still. I mean. 27 in the in reliever age is pretty young. Right. Usually, yeah, you've fallen out of being a starting pitcher, and then you've figured out which pitches you should be using. Right. But I'm, I mean, that's a pretty good mix. I'd actually probably, if his four-seamer was more effective, which it's not. Uh... Right. He obviously, doesn't, he obviously doesn't have pinpoint control, because a 95-mile-an-hour fastball that you can pinpoint control in a curve, that's a great closer profile. <laughs> Oof, vertical movement versus average on so he has his four seamer as an arrow is that one i'm oh, i should be interpreting i believe that. that's correct that's nice so he just have to know exactly where that's going and have a catcher an elite catcher who can do that and not a backup for the entire year i, I mean that is a big part of the problem <laughs> hmm that's interesting i mean Part of, this is something that maybe we should tease out over the course of this of the closer discussion arc that we're going to have, which is part of the impact of catchers on on how well the closers are doing. I mean, his curveball does move a lot compared to. Well, that's why he's that's why he's supposed to work as a closer because it's like giant high contrast pitches. But you don't. A curveball is so tough at the end of a game because. It's so, by then the strike zone is set. Yeah. By then the hitters are warmed up and the catcher's not warmed up to you. So all of a sudden you're coming in here with this curve after, I don't know, you know, slider pitcher or whatever, or, you know, just throwing cut fastballs all day. I mean, is the catcher ready for it? Is he confident? <laughs> is he confident to call it? Are you getting your spots? I mean, I in general don't have, I do not have high confidence in the Giants at all. <laughs> no. No, like I don't know. I don't know whether we should or should not, but I'm not not confident in them. Interesting. Yeah, this guy is. He he's got to turn around this week, or he's going to be out of a job. Hundred percent. He to, he's one of those guys that you like. You're watching him pitch, and it's a, he's just totally a guy. <laughs> I know. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. But player, player who cares. It's not really. It's not really the best look for a closer. <laughs> just being a guy. Taylor Williams. We are we are now, on Michael, a horrible streak of picking reviews. <laughs> well, Michael, you said to me uh, after the Drew Pom- Pomerantz, you said we are not going to review another San Diego Padre, and we said we said we're not going to do it. And then what happens? We pick Taylor Williams, and later that afternoon, Karma says, "Oh, you said you weren't going to review another San Diego Padre." Well, fucking watch this. <laughs> and he gets traded, like, completely unexpectedly from the Mariners to the Padres. And he he has no no real use in their bullpen anymore. They optioned him immediately. He just got brought back what, up. I Yes. What? Uh, 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've, 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 you know, nothing, really, we've literally nothing to It's review. really unfortunate because we should have just reviewed Hirano because it was kind of like Hirano was the closer before. Hirano was the closer last year. Hirano probably should have been the Mariners named closer anyway this year. But Taylor Williams, the stats look so good. Like, he's he's only appeared, he's appeared in 14 games. Six saves this year, 13.2 innings pitched. And over those... Yeah, but look at his, just look at his ERA. I mean, come on. That's what I said last week. That's what I'll say again. 12.51K per nine, though? I mean, that's like... I didn't that's a good. really good number. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what else, what else there is to say. Apart from, he does not look even remotely what I thought he would look like mentally in my head. What did you think he looked like? Um, I wasn't expecting the hair. I think that is, yeah, a little bit, a little bit more surfer yeah, dude. What's going? What's going on? I mean, it's like, is is this like? He looked at Mike Clevenger and he thought, I can pull that off, and we're headed that way. <laughs> it's like I, I'll get there. I'll get there next year, maybe. I mean, I feel like we're headed. We're headed to some headed to some Clevenger hair, and I just, for the record. I do not like it. Well, going to be both on the same team now. That's partly why I brought that up <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, so let me just ask: Taylor Williams is he going to is he going to matter? Do we need to know this name this year? Do we need to know this name going forward? What's your gut feeling? I don't think that I think that he will get saves of a vulture variety. The rest of his, I don't know that he's someone that we. I don't think that he's someone that we really need to get to know. And I mean, are you are you saying that because of his ERA? Uh, yeah, his ERA. Watching a couple of him, he's he strikes guys out because he because he's going after guys, yeah. and he doesn't quite have the stuff to go after guys. It's what it's pretty clear, you know. I don't. I just don't think that he's. Um, I just. I think he's actually more likely to be the kind of guy that does the. Um, you know how every once in a while there's a there's a player that goes from being a starting pitcher to being a closer, and you're like the Zach Britton types, mm-hmm. where you're like, wow, all of a sudden you reduced his arsenal and he looks pretty good. Well, every once in a while you have the the reliever who goes and becomes a starter, and I'm blanking on the name of who was the Cubs guy for a couple of years around the 2010s, who you just like, oh, look at that! All of a sudden he started starting, and he's pretty decent. I think Williams might end up. Might end up being, uh, might end up going that direction. Get out of the bullpen. I don't know if he has injury risk or some reason why he doesn't. But um, I can see, I can see him getting out of there. I mean, he, um, he's had, a, he's, he has had slightly, a slightly weird career. I mean, he's, he's not, he's not young, and he's basically, he, he hasn't logged all that many major league innings. And most of his major league innings, oh. all of his major league innings, except for this year with the Brewers. Yeah, yeah. We probably saw him and didn't notice. We've, I've probably seen him, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I am. I was pretty bummed. Pretty bummed by that development. Jeremy Jeffress. Amazingly, somebody who is still a closer at the end of the week that we're reviewing them on the team that we expected them to be on. <laughs> well, that's why we had to... I think we had to reset with Devin Williams, who was never the closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... To kind of work against our jinx. I was thinking about this. Cause... What are you going to do, jinx? <laughs> I was thinking about this because you know Jeffers came out of the Brewers bullpen last year, so we're basically just we're basically just reviewing the Brewers bullpen and the the wider Brewers bullpen universe. I I, I have no problem with that. All right, Jeremy Jeffers, 
uh, has only eight saves this year. He's only appeared in 20 games, 21.1 innings. He has a 6.33K per nine, which is pretty different from what we had before. And get this, a 5.06 walks per nine. That's not... That's that's not where you want those ratios to be for your closer. I mean, he made it interesting. I didn't know that Wakaitis could be caught from someone else, oh. from Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> and he made it interesting over the. He made it interesting Friday. Uh, he had to work him uh, against the Twins. Of course, he had to work himself out of a jam, which was to get a save, which was he unfortunately did. But you know, I guess fortunately for for watching him. Notes on Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, <laughs> he really really looks like he's working hard to get the ball to home. And I thought for sure, yes. I thought for sure we were going to see like, oh, he's throwing like 97, 98. It's like, no, he's throwing 93, 94. You're like, where is all this effort going? Was my perception of watching him. I completely agree. He's <laughs> always been a player who you watch him and it's like, well, no one can question his effort. <laughs> wow. Is he really just putting everything into every pitch? It looks like it's it, it's sort of. You know, you see some of these guys and they have like these, like you see a Kershaw and you watch it and watch his pitch and you're just like, wow, that I could never do that. You watch Jeremy Jeffers and you're like, that's just a much better version of what I probably look like in trying to get it, trying to throw 60 miles an hour. I, you know, I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that assessment. It's true. He's just, man, he's working hard. Uh, three pitch pitcher, fastballs, changeups, curves. Um, I didn't actually run the fingerprinter on them. I should have, but they're pretty. Oh, you they're pretty different yeah. pitches. They're obviously pretty different pitches. Uh, he throws a lot of fastballs, which I kind of like. I mean, I, I I'm a sucker for things that I've learned about myself over watching 15 closers so far. I like the fastball hmm. closers. You need to be. You need to have a fastball. I mean, we we wasn't that PCA as well that you did. Yeah. A long time ago, about the most effective uh, closers were ones that have a fastball. Um, You kind of need a fastball. You kind of need to be able to have full control. You can't have guys. You can't be showing an umpire and batters a completely different junk pitch and expecting that it's every time going to work. I guess that's a really good Um, point. That's a really good point about what you're showing the umpires. (laughs) Like, you want to... Like, the umpires are tired at the end of the game. Just get up there and throw fastballs that they can call. Yeah, I mean, can you just imagine? (laughs) But also, you're coming after, like, probably middle reliever who just was throwing, who's a flamethrower, who was throwing, you know, one, two different types of fastballs. And so he doesn't know the strike zone for, like, if you bring in a curveball, I mean, the Drew Pomeranz just doesn't make sense in a way. Uh, his old Drew Pomeranz as a, as a closer because that curveball worked because you saw it from the beginning of the game. And and, and all of a sudden, it's like, where is the strike zone on this? <laughs> but Jeffers, so I just pulled up career stats. Mm. The season where he, be- he came into our um, conscious was 2018. Yes. Where his strikeout ratio was very different his strats in general look very different but anomalously different right i mean if you look yes. at the rest of his season stats 2018 is the one that oh, stands yeah. out like 2018 is the one that that put him actually on the map and he's just gotta yes. he's just gotta coast out that 2018 right get them checks written 
based on that. Though his ERA is back to a respectable range. Jeffress is is a closer in the like he's always going to make it a little interesting mold, which is another, you know, a thing that I also generally appreciate about closers. I do like a lot of pitches. <laughs> I do like, like a lot. I, I love it when they get up to 30 pitches and you're like, are we going to finish this game here? <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that. about. I do like closers where you're like, well, if he pitches today, he's not pitching tomorrow. So we got to space this out. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that, that bullpen has been a bit of a... Mm. A bit of a quagmire. You got a couple of guys like that in that bullpen. Well, I mean, Kimbrell is supposedly the next up for saves, right? After Jeffress. He's <laughs> like, got a couple. Who's going to actually give Kimbrell the ball for saves intentionally? Uh, yeah. Not, uh, I, well, I wonder if he ever gets back. Kimbrell? Yeah. I wonder if he ever gets back to being elite. Uh, he's going to need, I think he's he would need so many reps. I mean, it's just that time that, then he was out of baseball, and then having again that time out of baseball this year is just really bad. Yeah, anyway. that was not a good move. Anyway, Jeffress, trying hard, probably going to be interesting for the next few years. Uh, I would guess that he's going to bounce between teams. I would, I would be pretty surprised if he ends up on the Cubs again next year. Well, it's, it's too bad for him. I don't think in any normal... Um, season that 2018 he would have ended up being the closer for the team and he would then have down the road have been like oh well at least he's closed games and would have been a trade asset in a lot of different places but he didn't because there are other pitchers better than him in the bullpen that year yep. um and i'm thinking like sergio romo who like keeps on getting passed around and it's like <laughs> well he was a closer right exactly and then he gets a cup of coffee and it's like oh well was a closer okay right yeah i i mean jeffers isn't really gonna have he's sort of the closer this year but i don't there's an asterisk on this it's huge yeah i i mean i guess my point is like i think jeffers is gonna i do think jeffers is a romo in the sense that he's gonna bounce from team to team to team yep on be decent not great be decent not great get some play because he's had experience in these situations i mean he only has he doesn't even have – does he have 50 career saves? Yeah, he's got just over 50 career saves, 52. I mean, and he's he's been in the league since 2010. Yeah. He was a first-round pick for the Brewers. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I well, – The Brewers obviously believe in him an incredible amount because he's been on their team three times. <laughs> well, they and they got the year. They got the year out of him that they won. They did. That they did. That they did. Wade Davis. Wade Davis. Uh, where's he going to pitch next year? <laughs> he was released by the Rockies at the end of September. Uh, anyway, Wade Davis uh, logged two saves this year. Only 4.1 innings. A little concern. little concern there. Um, strikeouts per nine way down at 6.23. He had some bad, bad outings. He ended the year... With a twenty point seven seven ERA, that's not good. No, it's it's not good. It's it's you know it's really bad when your FIP is twelve point eight eight. His ex FIP is seven point four four, and I mean, you know, sure we can make a couple of concessions for him being in Colorado, but that's worrisome. His last two years have been rocky. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
the closer for Colorado is an unenviable job, especially one where like especially one where you're basically just traveling between western ballparks. <laughs> yeah. Um your opponents are difficult. The ballparks are difficult. Your home ballpark is the most difficult. It's not an, an yeah, it's an unenviable job. But he's going to be owned next year, right? In in MLB. You mean he's going to be employed next year? Yeah, I think so. I hope that he realizes that he can't get the same money that he wanted to get in Chicago, which is why he... Exactly. So is is he going to be... So then I'll just short-circuit it. Is he going to be fantasy important? Maybe. I'm sort of of the opinion that he's got a Fernando Rodney year in him. Yeah. In the right location. Oh, yeah. Mark Melanson... Exactly. He throws an interesting mixture of pitches. Now I'm in my big, like, what do they throw <laughs> style thing. I mean, he's got fastballs, cutters, curves, changeups. Yeah. And he's... In 2019, he did nothing great except for fastball spin rate. All right. Well, let's leave it at, let's leave it at this one thing, which is that Wade Davis is just not an interesting guy. It's hard to that... get excited. <laughs> I think that is true. I, I think that he went from being... I think he went from being an interesting guy to not. I mean, even even like staring down his delivery and like, is there anything unique about this? Like, no, he just kind of throws the ball. But this is the important thing. His, this is what what I was expecting to see. His main pitch is his four seam fastball. Mm -hmm. Great, we like that in a closer. Twenty fifteen, it was ninety six point five. Twenty sixteen, it was ninety five point seven. Twenty seventeen, it was ninety four point four. Twenty eighteen, it was ninety three point eight. 2019, it was 93.2. And 2020, it was 91.4. That's direction. Yeah, it's it's not... It's He's ripe for a, uh, for a reimagining. <laughs> and he hasn't... There hasn't been one pitch that he's added that has really taken up a percentage. Other, I mean, I guess the changeup, he throws more, more of the changeup, but that's, that's dangerous. Well, he's... I mean, the gap between his fastball and changeup is shrinking, right? And that's bad. <laughs> that's that's what you don't want. Yeah, he really needs to have. I'm I'm surprised that he hasn't tried to develop that cutter. Right. It feels like it feels like developing the cutter and the curve, frankly, would do would do him a world of good. And that's how he, to my mind, that's how he gets a Fernando Rodney rebirth here. <laughs> yeah, but we know the curveball isn't really a great pitch for for closer, so. But he's, maybe but, he needs to trash that. I don't know. The benefit to the curve is that it's so much slower than his fastball. I mean, he is not. I guess I would never draft him thinking that he was going to be a strikeout closer. Right. He's going to have to be a contact closer. I'd kind of like to hear the story where he goes to like, um, what I like, Minnesota, where it's like a team that is competing that is good that does not have a done closer great we can always trust on him guy and they're putting him in there and you see him not set in the eighth inning but is like in there in some really high pressure situations he's the guy that you're supposed to watch over the season to wait for the closer of your team (laughs) falling apart getting hurt right yeah but yeah i don't think that he's going to be i doubt that he's going to be the the starting closer for a team unless it's like some team that's doing something 
really dumb, like the Red Sox, who are just going to be like, we're going to compete this year. We're going to spend $100 million to compete because we got rid of the best player in baseball. We haven't talked about the World Series, by the way. Didn't that finish this week? It did. <laughs> I mean... We kind of talked about it last week. Anyways, I I don't want him to go to a team where he's going to have the job on day one for a team that is trying to spend a lot of money on players that were good three years ago. I'd rather him go fight for the job on a team that is competitive this year. And either he becomes a really good member of the bullpen and then you're able to pick him up in May, late May, or he fails and then you never pick him up. <laughs> it's just hard to get excited about Wade Davis. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I would say my advice would be don't draft him, but watch him in May. Yeah. Watch him in April and May. April, and then see where he is in May. Yeah. Sergio Romo. I know that you were nonplussed to talk about him, and he technically has been cut from the Twins. But I, th- I still think it's worth talking about, even though stats for the year, he appeared in 24 games, notched five saves, which is fine for this year. 4.05 ERA, 1.15 whip. 23 strikeouts in 20 innings and uh, oh, seven seven walks in those 20 innings. So it's not the worst ratio. I would say as a Twins fan that <laughs> it felt even worse than this stat line looks. <laughs> <laughs> because Sergio Romo, the one, I think pitchers who don't have like a really, don't pitch that really great inning ever um, kind of, kind of makes you remember the bad ones more if he's like most of his innings are like two guys get on and (laughs) and it's sort of like you know it's all you're always in it you never the other team is always in it You, you don't really feel confident in him i am amazed that he is still is this 80 no 60 percent of his pitches are sliders but the thing, the thing about this is that if you if you're if you're on a Statcast page again, his percentile rankings in the MLB in 2020 are they're all above average. Pretty decent, yeah. Well, this is. So why does it feel so bad? <laughs> why does it feel so bad? I mean, it gets to your like. It feels so bad, and he the... got cut immediately after the season, or they didn't pick up. They didn't pick up the option. But he's got to pitch somewhere next year, right? Oh, of course. Oh, he's gonna get picked picked up. He's got to be, I mean, somebody's got to own him next year. Somebody's got to probably sign him on the cheap. He could He could get another 10, 12 saves next year, right? I, I don't think 10, 12. I think that 5 to 10 range is definitely right there for him. He got 17 in 2019. So it's not like... But I think this is the kind of guy that is going to be like, he's going to get more money for a team that's bad. And he's going to have bad stats. He's going to get less money for a team that's good and have good stats. And except for his save number. So what does he care about? Uh, like that, more money? I mean, who do we talk about? <laughs> he's 37. He's going to care about money. That's it. I mean, you know where I would like to see him would be in like the Dodgers bullpen. Yeah. With like he's one of like a stable of guys. He's more reliable than a lot of the other players that they had in that, in that bullpen. He's reliable to do a certain thing. He gets a couple guys out. Instead of it being like he is the eighth inning or ninth inning guy, which he's not the prototypical closer, right? No, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think that I could see a team getting him to be a fireman. Yeah, 
Sure. And like this dude doesn't really care about his stats. You know, he's just trying to collect his check. <laughs> he's fine. But when he gets signed by the Mets oh, for like twice as much money as the um the Dodgers would pay him. Okay, so Sergio Romo is a all hold all calls I, until we know where he lands. <laughs> I do not want Sergio Romo. And even once even when he shows that he's like really great in <laughs> April and <laughs> May, I I'm not gonna want him. I would get him if he I would take him if he looked to be the one slash two option on a team that would get saves. I'll just say it. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I'll be in. Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson. Uh, most... What's going on here? Come on. Daniel Hudson, most recently of the Washington Nash- Nationals, but he's he's really been around. <laughs> he's really he's really moved between teams. Those- I know. I had, I had totally forgotten about it. I'm looking at the, like... I'm looking at his baseball reference page. I am looking at the highlights for him that I can find on YouTube. And it's like, oh, I, oh yeah, he was in Arizona. Oh yeah, he was in LA. He so he was in Arizona Toronto. for he was in Arizona for a while, mm-hmm. and then and then he bounces around. I mean, he spent he split 2019 between the Blue Jays and the Nationals. Forgot that he was on the Blue Jays, but he, I totally forgot. About but that he had too. quite a few appearances, but. He, ironically, he racked up more saves in 2020 than in any other season. <laughs> yeah. Which is well, just deeply ironic. <laughs> no, it's because he's always been the, like, the second guy, you know? Not even the second. He's not always been, the, like, the backup guy. It's always been the, like, this is the analogy that I was thinking of when I was, when I was watching this. It's like, in 2016... There were a lot of people that I heard who were like, you know, I don't really like Hillary Clinton. Wouldn't it be great if Elizabeth Warren were running? And then all of a sudden, 2020, Elizabeth Warren is running and people are like, no. (laughs) (laughs) She was great as a like theory idea of let's have that and let's try it. 2020 was the year that they're like, okay, Daniel Hudson, here are the keys. And he just like, as soon as the keys were getting tossed to him he was saying and great where did these go (laughs) (laughs) i i actually don't i don't agree that daniel hudson wasn't wasn't good i mean that's not what i'm saying that's not what i'm saying at all i think that he's he's always been good he's never been given the opportunity to be the closer and i think that a lot of people misconstrued that he was good as like he could be good in the role as closer. And it's and it's part of that argument against just the bullpen guy by committee. Use any guy any way you want to. Because when he was put in the ninth inning, consistently, he consistently was not great. He does have a stunningly bad 6.1 ERA in 2020. He racks up... He yeah. racked up an amazing 10 saves. <laughs> He's got... In, in 20 innings... And yet he still has a six point one ERA. I mean, I don't even I don't even know how to evaluate that. Like that's that is that's not a closer number. <laughs> that's that is bad news. Yeah, his X ERA was four point one two, which is in line with his twenty nineteen. I think yeah. part of it also was he um, he was pretty darn good in the playoffs. Well, that last, is in twenty nineteen. That is key. 
I think, I mean, that, this is, this is the thing that I, I bet we remarked on it last year, if it made it into the pot or not, I'm not sure. These are things that we, you know, love to consider. Like, what, what does a, a player's success in the playoffs mean for their value? And somebody like Daniel Hudson is a poster of, like, hey, this guy did really well in the playoffs. Like, is he going to be good next year? <laughs> like, not really. No, I mean, I guess it was not enough, I don't know, not enough time off. <laughs> I'm sure that's it. I'd forgotten that he was a starter. I had to. Way back in the day. He pitched 222 innings in 2011. Um, 2011, yeah, Arizona. It's, it's funny when there are guys that it's like, I'm sure that I like looked at him and considered him as a starter, and now can't even remember that, that era. Well, he so he didn't, he didn't get... A single big league save until 2015, right when the Arizona bullpen was just like straight up falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Arizona bullpen has been kind of a a mess for for a while here, and he gets no saves 2017, 2018, and he becomes a closer sort of in 2019, and then he's finally a closer in 2020. And I guess the expectation is that he's going to be a closer in 2021. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I. I don't know what his role is going to be. I mean, you you replace him if you can, right? If you're a team, you replace him with a better pitcher. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, somebody who's more closery. I actually don't. I like. I like Daniel Hudson for the the firefighter or the guy who gets your garbage time saves. I don't like him as the guy that you're throwing out there closer. to get your save. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing is that yep. he did really well when, um, I guess he only, he didn't really overlap with Doolittle that much. He was better as that option when Doolittle was, you know, doing his getting injured thing. <laughs> it's great having him as the, as the backup guy when Doolittle is getting hurt. But when Doolittle was just sucking. I, <sighs> We're gonna to have to talk about somebody good at some point. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like <coughs> we have, we've talked about all. The well, good that's, guys. I guess that's the thing. I guess I'm feeling. We talked about a good guy last, last week. Someone who's good at pitching, <sighs> not a good person. Yeah, that's great distinction. I, I'm coming away with this re- from these review sessions, like speaking as a whole now, a little bit more meta, <laughs> like really uncertain about what's going to happen in 2021 at the closer position. I, it, there aren't many sure things. And that's really makes fantasy really challenging. <laughs> well, I think back to our Rysel Iglesias conversation, and it's like we kept on realizing, oh, geez, he's going to be one of the top <laughs> tier two options. I know. So, I mean, this kind of this kind of gets to something that I think we should think about for ongoing for, during the off season, which is like, where do we draft closers next year? Like, should we, should, would we <clears throat> recommend waiting more uniformly across the board? I mean, when that closer run starts, do, do you want to be part of it? No, I don't think you do. I don't think that you do because there are so many guys who are at the same blah level. The opportunity is going to be out there. And we don't, this, we basically lost a year's worth of data on the closers. This was a very interesting year to do closers when it's like, we don't, we can't really extrapolate out 30 innings i think one thing that i haven't done yet that i should do from a data perspective is do the the rank uh rank ordering of how 
many saves each guy got. Like, take off the names and just look at the sorted list. Because that was the thing that I found when, we, when we've been doing our projections, <laughs> that it actually works because you look at, if you look at the sorting, like, that curve looks the same from year to year. You just don't know which guy is going to go in which slot. Yeah, no. And the question is, does 2020 still look like that if you rescale it? Or are we in a, was it a totally new paradigm? My guess is that it still fits in that, in the old paradigm. And then we'll have to figure out what to do with that information. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it does. Well, yeah. Why am I not able to find? I, I was just trying to come up with that number and I can't can't do that very quickly. So, yeah. Do you do you think that you want to own Hudson? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. No, I I really I really don't. Do you? No. I would even if he's a named closer, I would be worried because he's a candidate for losing that job quickly. Absolutely. I'd be very wary about spending any draft capital on him, I guess, because it's a surefire way to not get a good return on that investment. Yep. Agreed. Wherever it is in the draft. He's kind of deceptive because he, he looks fine, you know, throwing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think he's just, he's, there's, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've highlighted different aspects of, of guys wind ups or motions and he's just, a pitcher. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this is the thing is like a guy like him can look good for a couple of seasons. And even as I go back through his, you know, his career is not, he hasn't been great. He had a pretty good 2019. I thought he had a pretty good 2019. And that is like coloring what I assumed that he could do this year. But I mean, before that it was ERA above four all the time. So it's, hasn't been very good well even just last year it was he had the right matchups they're putting him in against the right matchups right that makes your era go down if you're facing the guy that you're supposed to get out in the <laughs> seventh eighth ninth inning if you're supposed if that's the matchup for you this guy can't hit your blah then yeah you're gonna look better yeah <laughs> thanks for putting me up in this ideal situation <laughs> yeah all right, I don't want to talk about Daniel Hudson anymore. We're done with that. Jonathan Hernandez? <laughs> Truer words have, have not been spoken. Um, I forgot to get his hats up. Hold on. You know, it's very rare. One thing that I found is very rare these days is that the like little picture in CBS and across most of the baseball stat um, websites actually looks like the person you know, but you see the picture of Jonathan Hernandez in StatCast, his little profile pic his, in CBS, and you're like, wow, that's a little crazy. And you see him on the mound, you're like, yep. He does. He does look. Uh, I mean, he looks crazy in the same way that so, sort of on the axis of like towards Chris Sale looks crazy. Like there is something about being tall and pretty skinny that's like, Hmm. Mm -hmm. And like a little, you know, a little whirling that you're like, ooh, I don't know. And he's and he's young. But if you were to, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's. <laughs> I know that you you preface this by saying that this is not someone that I want to talk about. But actually, over the course of watching him, I realized this is someone I want to talk about because he is going to be important whether I want him to or not. I know he's that's exactly what we're talking about because yeah. we talked last week about the Rafael Montero, who's the 
closer for the Texas Rangers, but he's doesn't really, as we said, not really that great of a closer. And so we have the next guy up, Jonathan Hernandez, who, so if you're Jonathan Hernandez, how do you, how do you be better than Rossell Iglesias? Right? Because their profiles, I should, okay. Their profiles are pretty similar, right? Jonathan Hernandez throws a 98 mile an hour fastball. He throws a slider as his off pitch, and he throws an occasional changeup. How does he throw a 98-mile-per-hour fastball? By being a tall, skinny guy. But he throws a... His... Isn't... His main pitch is a sinker, and he throws that for 97.8 miles per hour, two-seam fastball. That's yeah, I mean, astounding. I'm, jump, I'm falling into the, the trap of, like, calling calling things calling a, a sinker a fastball which is like you know this annoying thing that stackass does and it's now officially become a thing that i do too apparently i i think i would argue that this could be grounds for like not the best classification of pitch right because his his slider ends up significantly lower than his sinker <laughs> mm-hmm. so i mean i hear what i hear what he's saying i hear what they're saying sort of but i i don't know that I don't know. I don't know. I am still not resolved on that. But anyway. is it so his wait, so his strikeout pitch is a changeup? Or is it, what, what am I looking at? Put away. Yeah, put away pitch, change up forty three point eight percent. Um I, I it's funny when you do the load the random video in baseball savant and the first three of them were um the hitter made contact. It's foul ball, but the hitter made contact. So he's got a pitch that doesn't, his pitches get contact is something that I wasn't really, really wild about. Mm. But he does seem like he's got the bare bones of being a decent pitcher there. Um, well, remember, he's, okay, he's faced 203 batters in total. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about someone with a huge, huge resume. He's here. 24 years old. He's only faced 203 batters in the in the majors so far. And honestly, over that time, it's not so bad. Let's take let's take his whole career. We'll include both his 2019 and 2020. His because his his 2020 actually looked quite good, decent. So I want to yeah. so I want to include everything because I don't know how much we should only read into a brand new guy only in his 2020. So if you take everything, 3.4 ERA, 1.24 WHIP. If you take only his 2020, right, a 2.9 and a 1.03 WHIP, like why are they dealing with Montero <laughs> if they think that that's the real Jonathan Hernandez? Like, yeah. Why is Montero the closer? <laughs> because he's closed before, I guess. He's got more experience. I guess, but I mean, Hernandez is thirty-one strikeouts, thirty-one innings, eight walks in that time. So he's got an okay. He's got reasonable command in this. Eight walks. You know that I like to hear that. <laughs> I know. Well, considering that he had thirteen walks in uh, about half as many at bats in twenty nineteen. <laughs> Or half as many batters faced in 2019. He's uh, he's trending the right direction. Absolutely. So is he gonna? Is he going to be relevant? Yes, yes, yes. He is. If he's not relevant for saves, which I think that he probably he very well could be relevant for saves, he's going to be relevant in a bestardo strategy. Hmm. He will definitely be in a bestardo strategy. Um. Assuming I, assuming yep. he can keep his control under, you know, his control figured out. But the thing about how, how weird the Rangers are is that he managed to get five wins last year 
in t- appearing in 27 games. I know that's what's fun about the range. Yeah, that's that's super valuable. Yeah, exactly. And and on a team like the Rangers, it makes sense because it's like, well, I don't really know who their starters are. So I guess <laughs> I guess a lot of these wins are going to fall to middle relief. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it might it very well might. Yeah, no, it's it's always a morass. Texas, even when they were going to the World Series every year, is still a morass. I know. I know they they just appear to not know how to deal with pitchers, but so if we scale let's let's scale up how many innings he appears for because that's that's actually probably believable. So you go from so you go from thirty one innings to maybe he pitches eighty innings next year, eighty strikeouts. That's still a reasonable right. out. That's still a reasonable output. Like you you can stomach that in a Bastardo strategy, even if he only gets three saves. Yeah, but I mean the. Scale up those wins too. That's eleven wins. Well, I, that's why I didn't scale up the wins. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, scale up the things that are probably scalable. But um, in the same way that you know, there's like the stolen bases plus homers. Um, you know, sometimes we're like there's yeah. certain five tool players where you're just like, I think between stolen bases and homers, you'll get forty. You know, there's certain guys yeah. like that. I wouldn't be surprised if between wins and and saves he got twelve. If we if we put the over under at eleven, sure. eleven point five, would you take the over on that? I I would take the over on that. Yeah. Now the number that you get, you gave eighty innings. Where do you want to set the over under for me to for give you seventy seven point five? See, I'm gonna take the under. Really? Okay. I have it in my head. It's going to be somewhere in like the 68 to 70 no range. No way. No way. That's a young guy. The only way that would happen is if he actually gets named the closer. Is if he actually serves for a stretch of the season as closer. <sighs> or if he gets hurt. I never like to I never like to predicate my pitcher forecasts on that possibility even though he obviously should. should. <laughs> yeah. Even though we very obviously should. All right, let's put three over unders in here. I, I so I have, um, I put eleven point five down for the wins plus saves. What are you gonna take? Um, over. So you've got the over on that. I've got the under on eleven point five. I don't really like that, but, um, <laughs> and then I've got the under on. Jeez, I'm I'm less bullish than you are now. I've got the under on seventy seven point five innings pitched. What other category should we do? Should we do ERA or K per nine? I think we should do K per nine. Ooh. K- I think K per nine is easier to predict, so we should do ERA because it's wilder. <laughs> okay, so his is it 3.4 is his big league ERA. Do we want to do, I would say, 3.25? You want to take the over under on that? Oh, I'd take the under on that. I'll take the over. I think you could be effective pitcher with a three point four. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. He could, he could be who he was this year. With I think he can be totally. I think he can be totally effective. I'm just. <laughs> I just think he Absolutely. might be able to be better than that. Okay. Anthony Bass. Did you remember that Anthony Bass was part of the Blue Jays this year? I did not. Same. Were you like me, as stunned <laughs> to learn that Anthony Bass got? more saves this season than any other season that he's been in the MLB. <laughs> uh no, cuz I wouldn't have I wouldn't have recalled that he had gotten saves in another season. 
Anthony Bass got five saves for Seattle in 2019. Oh. All right. One of the... Yeah, Anthony Bass, he's, he's been on his... Let's see. So since 2013, he has been on six teams. <laughs> yeah, it's funny watching uh, the StatCast random videos. It's like, whoop, new, change new outfits. jersey. <laughs> new jersey. So 2020, though. Uh, he faces 100 batters, which is actually pretty legitimate. Appears in 26 games. Seven saves over that. 25.2 innings. 3.51 ERA, 1.01 whip. Only 21 strikeouts in those 25 innings. And nine walks. I love that saves number. Like the whip, less of a fan of the ERA, really dislike the strikeout rate. The strikeout and walk rates are not great. And there's no reason to think that his strikeout rate is particularly anomalous. Like 2019, he got he got 43 strikeouts in 48 innings. 2015, he got 45 in 64 innings. Wow. So I think we can be pretty sure that he's not a strikeout pitcher, which doesn't really make sense because he he throws pretty hard. His strikeout or his um his fastball is up at 95 miles an hour. His uh, sinker. His sinker, yeah. <laughs> got an 86 mile an hour slider and an 86 mile an hour changeup. i mean those are things those are things that i like for uh for a closer but when you're watching him do those balls look hittable yes wow his sinker which he uses 54 percent of the time his whiff percentage is 8.7 no you, you don't yeah you don't whiff wow you just don't hit it as you know, as his as his goal one thing that's well, he does. He just doesn't induce a lot of hard. He doesn't induce a lot of hard hits. But here's the thing that's remarkable: he has a extremely low fastball spin, like really, is, really yeah. low. Yeah, for for somebody uh, comparatively, for somebody that's being used <laughs> in, you know, serious leverage games. Like wow, they cl- they claimed him off of waivers. Oh, and he elected for free agency this year. So. I guess we're going to see him in a new jersey next year. <laughs> oh, I am remembering. I tried to remember this an, a, a little while ago. You know how there there's some starting pitchers who you're like, it would be great if we could just see him as a closer because he has two pitches. He's got a really fast fastball. He's got a really good whatever secondary pitch. But then there is some relievers where you're just like, geez, if that, we could stretch that guy out, he would look pretty decent as a starter in the um so zach Britton was the example the first one sure and ryan dempster is the example in the mm. second one anthony bass i like if they were able to stretch him out for like a season i bet that he could get like he'd be that pitcher that got like 195 innings and you know maybe it would only be like 170 k's but I wouldn't be surprised if his ERA and WHIP were exactly what they are here. So what about you know? like a like a like a Mark Burley <laughs> or a Mar- yeah, Mark Burley? Yeah. Well, I mean Ryan Dempster is the one that I'm thinking of. Though he's yeah. not. Um, I think he was a little bit more of a strikeout kind of guy. Like he has when you're watching him, he looks like he's third time through the order of a. a he's a starter who's going through the third time in the order, and a lot of the highlights that you see for him are like. Um, Anthony Bass is used for like two, three innings at a time, a long reliever. Yeah. I, I mean, the part that was just so impressive to me is just that he, I mean, I guess we have to say that he kind of lucked into seven saves this year. But like, 
Seven saves. You needed that in 2020 for your fantasy team. You could that could, would have been great to have. Yeah. No. Exactly. If you picked him up on the waiver wire, I mean, you grab seven saves. Nothing that hurt you on the ERA helped you a little bit on the whip. Not getting much help on the case. A couple wins in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get excited about it. I, you know, I don't know what to what to say what to expect from him. I mean, his transaction log is is pretty nuts. I mean, he, he really hasn't been out there for a full season. I mean, it, even in the 2019 season, where he's only with Seattle, it's because he was released by the Reds in May, <laughs> late May. And then this, and then the Mariners picked him up. Yeah. Just all over the place. Do we I mean, have he's, any He's a consummate journeyman. But what was that? Do we have any news for him this year? I mean, because he could be in 20 different teams, right? Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is this is our new favorite game of like, is there a team that Anthony Bass would be good on? <laughs> is there a team that would be helpful? I mean, this is this is a guy that ends up on the Twins, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like this, this Anthony Bass has Twins reliever written all over him. <laughs> yeah, he is exactly the kind of guy that the Twins would have. Just like <laughs> you can have, you can have one of two different kind of pitchers. One is a fireball pitcher who can't find the strike zone or two is a guy that should cannot strike anybody out but can at least find the plate a lot of contact not many whiffs that's fine let's go for it i'm just saying let's do it i'm fine with that what so i think he's gonna stay in toronto well i mean he just opted to be a free literally how's he gonna stay there not literally because they're gonna play in like what kansas city buffalo somewhere <laughs> you you think he's going to re-sign with Toronto? I I kind of do. Um but if history has taught us anything, um he's going to be on some random team. <laughs> <laughs> no, if history has taught us anything, he's going to start in the Blue Jays minor league system, <laughs> get dropped, <laughs> and then end up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this Anthony Bass, super confusing. You know, honestly did not know anything about anthony bass before this week this is like just this is just the traditional just trolling through the stats like how did this guy have seven saves i don't know i just i just do not know um yeah i i really hope that i don't have him if he is getting saves on a team i think he'd be worth a pickup but i don't think that there's any reason that you draft him no it's i mean this whole discussion has been predicated on the like, this is so surprising that Anthony Bass is doing anything that obviously you have to wait to have some more information. I mean, my prior distribution has got to be like that. He's going to get fewer than three saves this year. <laughs> so it's, it's a really long tail, <laughs> but a really long, very low probability tail. Well, that was fun, Michael time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Hey!